Welcome to the I Might Be Wrong podcast with Travis Seppala, where we discuss faith, dogmatics, science, math, physics, art, and share conversations with all humans. Well, mostly only the interesting ones. Join me in welcoming and encouraging Travis on this journey. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. My name is Travis, and I am your host. This is episode 19, and once again, thank you very much for joining me and continuing to support me. I will, as always, continue to ask you to share this podcast if you're enjoying the content up to this point in time, to share it with as many of your like-minded friends, family, coworkers, whoever else that you might think of. And if you haven't done so already, I would also just encourage you to subscribe to the podcast and with whatever platform that you do listen to podcasts, just put a five-star review in for for me so that um, we can continue to grow. So there's a statement that floats around within Christian circles, and it's something I really want to address uh, because it's, it's something that actually just... It's one of these things that kind of, if you actually read the Bible, and if you're somebody who just does so with even a little bit of common sense, it's so obvious that it's false. And there's a lot of these types of ideas that float around, and that's one of the things I would like to do with this podcast and with this medium is to try and kind of address some of the, these points. And so the statement is that God will never give you more than you can handle. Now, I have looked through the entirety of the Bible, first of all, looking for specifically that statement. And and I can't necessarily find anything. The closest thing that I've come to is in um, Corinthians chapter 10. And even there, it, it's not really making that statement. And And really, the whole idea behind the statement, God will never allow you to or never put in, into your life something that's more than you can handle. The what what the really the idea that that's communicating is that no matter what it is you're going through life, understand that that God has not put too much in your lap, and 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 you're more than capable of dealing with what it is that you're going through at this point in time. And and I hear people repeat this phrase in some of the most difficult of circumstances where they're just going through really, really terrible times. And, and they say, well, you know, I feel like I'm at the end of my rope, but I know I shouldn't be because, I mean, God tells us that he, he never gives us more than we can handle. Or they always say, God never gives us more than we can handle. And I hear people say that, and, and it bothers me. And the reason it bothers me is that, you know, honestly, just let's pick up our Bible and, and look at this a little bit and ask the question, does God really not ever give people more than they can handle? Or does he really not allow people to have to deal with more than they can handle? And the answer is a resounding no. Okay? God always puts us in situations that are bigger than us, that are too much for us. And not just specifically us, just let's just take, for example, some of the characters that we find in the Bible, some of the different stories that exist there. Um, I, I would start, first of all, just by talking about Israel alone and realizing that um, at one point in time, they're in captivity in Egypt. And 
all of a sudden, you know, there's these miraculous events, all of these different plagues that are plopped down. And before long, you know, now they're able to finally flee Egypt. Pharaoh lets them go. And shortly thereafter, all of a sudden, they're pinned up against this wall of water behind them. And uh, the encroaching army of Pharaoh coming toward them, and it was one of the most uh, powerful armies because the, Egypt was one of the most powerful civilizations at that time. And here, you know, there's really nothing they can do to stop this. In fact, that's really what the people are saying to Moses, like, you've taken us out here to die. There's nothing, that's, nothing good that's going to happen to us at this point in time. You honestly think that this is a situation that they could handle? Do you honestly think that if God doesn't step in and allow a, a miracle to happen, that, that well, you know what? God never puts us in situations that are bigger than us. God never gives us more than we can handle. I mean, let's just take, for example, this same civilization, this same group of people. I mean, few generations removed, but it is still the, the Israelite people when they finally make it to the promised land. You know, this is the land that's been promised to them. This is the place that they've been looking forward. They've had to deal with all of, you know, the the fleeing. They've had to deal with their time in the wilderness. They've had to deal with all of the different mistakes they've made. But now they're finally entering into this land. And what happens is they come across the city of Jericho. and, and, And it's very clear that it's well too fortified in order for them to take it on. There's nothing that they have that's going to give them the ability to take this down. And what's really amazing about it is that even when God gives them instruction and tells them how they're going to do this, it's not as though he, he tells them to rely on their self or rely on their might, saying, you know, hey, listen, I realize this might seem like a lot, but I haven't given you too much for you to handle. And so what I want you to do is I want you to listen closely, and I'm going to tell you how to properly build war machines, and you're going to be able to besiege this city and and take it down. No, he doesn't tell them to rely on themselves. Instead, he gives really the most ludicrous of instructions. And I love these instructions because, you know, he basically says to them, well, I want you to march around the city, and I want you to shout and blow trumpets. And when it's all said and done, you know, this is going to take care of it. And I imagine there had to have been you know, at least some part of these people that was wondering, really? And yet at the same time, the only thing that would probably prevent them from doing that is realizing everything that they have come through up to this point. You know, even right before entering into this land, you know, they witness they witness the, the River Jordan being parted so that they can walk across. So, I mean, yeah, there was some really powerful things that they saw. And so they understood that you know, God was more than able to take care of them. And and for somebody who's sitting, you know, listening to themselves saying, well, yeah, but the point being when we say, well, God never gives us more than we can handle, is that even if it does become too much for us, well, that's when he steps in, you know. And so, you know, I realize some people might make the argument right now that he didn't give them more than he can handle. He rescued them. He made sure that he took care of them. And I would just simply say, okay, well, if that's the case, then what happens when they don't rely on God? Does he give them too much for them to handle? Yes, as a matter of fact, he does. 
The moment they forget the fact that Jericho and these other armies are falling before them because of the the power of their God, the moment they begin to believe to themselves, man, we are something else. You know, this we're mighty, mighty Israel, and it's by the power of our, you know, tremendous warriors that were taking these people down. And instead of praying to God before, you know, going into the victory, they figure them to themselves, you know what, we got this. We, you know, we, we've taken down many cities. We know how this is done. What happens is they get absolutely destroyed because the reality they're faced with, faced with is they are surrounded by enemies. And the vast majority of these enemies are bigger and badder than they are. And so, I mean, even with this nation, you realize God gives people more than they can handle. And, and it doesn't just stop there. You, you know, we can, I mean, a great example of, of this is found with Job, you know, because even though Job is, um, you know, immediately after losing everything, he says this amazing statement where in the statement goes, you know, the, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away, blessed be the name of the Lord. In fact, you know, I, I, he'll, he basically what he's saying is, I'm going to continue to speak well of the Lord. And, you know, that's really remarkable. But after spending a little bit of time with his friends who are accusing him of basically having some type of a hidden sin, perhaps, that he has in his life, telling him that the only reason something like this could be ha- that would happen to you is because God knows that you've done something and you got to confess, you got to come clean after dealing with that and after dealing with his circumstances for a long period of time. He's at a place where he's wishing he was never born. He's cursing the very day that he was born, praying that that day could be blotted out in history because that means I would have never existed and and I would never have to go through this. Does that sound like a man who's actually, you know, dealing with something that's, you know, well within his ability to deal with? No, it's, it's not at all. And never the mind, never mind the fact, uh, you know, all of the different pillars of faith that we deal with when we go through, you know, the Bible. Whether it's somebody like Joseph who's put into captivity by his brothers, and and ends up in jail um, for a crime that he didn't commit, or people like Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, who are strangers living in a strange land with really no control over the circumstances surrounding them and in their attempt to simply be faithful to what they know in in many cases end up in in situations that are far beyond their ability to control or take care of and really the point that i'm making is that god time and time again puts people or groups of people into situations that are far beyond their ability to deal with because God allows us to have to deal with more than we can handle. The important thing to understand is God never puts us into a situation that's more than he can handle. And and that's a really important distinction and and Really, one of the things that becomes quite obvious is one of the reasons why God allows people to be put into situations where they are in over their head is so that they will cry out to him, so that they will trust in him, because ultimately they need to understand, we need to understand that 
that we're not the answer to all of our problems. That at times we need to simply lean into the Father. And by doing that, that's where we find strength where we didn't realize there was strength. That's where we realize that we have someone who's an advocate for us and truly cares for us and is watching out for us and will guard over us. But let's be honest, if, if we were never put into situations like that, you know, I can remember asking this question years ago. It was in a very specific situation, but I remember talking to a group of people. Well, actually, it wasn't a group of people. It was just a couple of people. But I remember voicing that thought, and it was a question. I said, I wonder why God allows us to go through some of the things that he allows us to go through. Now, I mean, if you're paying attention, you know, you realize that more than likely that means that I was dealing with something that was more than I could deal with at that point in time. And I was. And that's why I was voicing that very thing. And what's amazing is that I received an answer. I received an answer even as I was voicing that. And the answer was a simple answer. It was, so you will cry out to me. And in looking back on that and and just thinking about that for a moment, it just, it is such a, for me at least, a very profound reality um, shift that if I never had to deal with anything difficult, if there was and you know nothing but just roses and and wonderful things going on in my life, and no matter how difficult things got, I was more than equipped to handle every single one of them. And God, in fact, never presented me with situations in my life that were too big for me. Well, I would absolutely have no need of him. What it would do is it would teach me to just simply rely on myself and my own abilities and 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 I would think I would be all set. And and this is something that I think for me, this is something I've learned with age. You know, maybe when I was younger at one point in time, I just made the assumption that no matter what happens in my life, I'm never going to be one of these losers who's in these really difficult circumstances. I'm never going to be one of these people who aren't able to figure out figure a way out of my problems. Not realizing that, you know, here I was like 15 or 16 years old, and I had no idea, no idea whatsoever what I was talking about and I wasn't, or, or thinking about for that matter. Because if there's one thing age and experience ta- te- has taught me, and I think it teaches all every single one of us, if we're being honest, is it teaches us a, a, a massive amount of humility. Um, because one thing... <laughs> I tell people all the time, none of us really gets out of this life untouched. Every single one of us has our different experiences. And as we experience these things in life, at some point in time, we end up having to deal with situations that are bigger than us. We have to deal with all sorts of different monsters in our life. And the thing that is all the more incredible is it's so often the case that those monsters are too big for us to slay on our own. We need a higher power. You know, even when you deal with something like Alcoholics Anonymous, they talk about like a 12-step program. And part of the 12-step programming programming is that you understand that you need a higher power. This can't just be about yourself because some things in life are bigger than us. Some situations that we end up having to deal with are bigger than us. And in those moments, if if we trick ourselves into believing this idea that, well, God never puts anything in 
our life that is more than we can handle, then then really God almost becomes like this this cruel trickster. Because, you know, in those moments, and I've been through moments like that, I've been through moments where really the only thing, you know, your only response is really help. I can't do this. I'm in over my head. And if your fallback belief is that, you know what, uh, God doesn't give people more than they can handle, then really, if I find myself in this place where it feels like it's too much for me to handle, it means that God has equipped me with some sort of a secret knowledge or ability, maybe some superpower or whatever else it might be. And I just am too stupid and I haven't been able to figure out what it is. And God isn't about to show me what it is either. And so now it's up to me to try to figure out what it is that I can do in order to kind of like reach down deep inside of myself and somehow figure out, you know, the answer to all of my problems. And if that's what God is to you, then I'm sorry, okay? If that's all he is to you is someone who's basically waiting for you to pull up your own bootstraps and, and figure out the situation that you're in. Now, that's not to say that there aren't such, there are certain situations that really we are the ones that are responsible for them. And I don't think that we should be the type of people that sit on our hands and wait for God to take care of us. Because in many cases, you know, God is very clear that, you know, a lot of our issues, a lot of our problems are self-inflicted. And, and actually, we can make vast improvements just by, in some cases, hanging out with a different group of people, you know, changing some of the really small habits in our life, and, and that can have dramatic effects. I'm talking specifically, I'm not, I'm not talking about that. That's another podcast episode entirely. What I'm talking about is I'm talking about these really, really difficult situations, you know, a married couple that's dealing with something like the the wife or the mother, new new mother, who's going through postpartum depression, someone who's dealing with the fact that they've just lost a child, someone who's dealing with the fact that they or a loved one is dealing with a cancer diagnosis. And, and these are only beginning to scratch the surface when you find yourself in those types of situations. The fallback can't simply be, well, God will never present me with a situation that's too much for me to handle. Because, no, as a matter of fact, there's going to be a lot of things in your life. And throughout the history of the church and throughout the history of God's people, there has been a lot of things in people's lives that have been presented to them, and they were far too much for them to handle. That's why David has to you know, make statements like, Out of the depths to you I cry. It's not a cry of victory. It's pleading for help. That's what we find so often in the Psalms. This stark reality that is the human existence, that as we go through this life, there are going to be many, many times in our life that we're going to find ourselves in situations, and God is in some cases going to simply allow those things to happen. And the intention behind it is that we will cry out to Him. We will look to him and we will understand that he is our deliverer. You know, he's the one that has the ability to help us. And this is what I find to be so amazing about the Psalms and, and, and so much of the Old Testament literature. You know, these, is, these are groups of people, you know, the different generations of Israel who, who go through captivity, who deal with, you know, some really 
I mean, really terrible circumstances, circumstances that for me, someone who was born in 1979 can't even really begin to comprehend because I was born in 1979 in the United States of America. I've lived a pretty insulated life. I don't know what it's like to be enslaved. I don't like know what it's like to be the victim of a genocide. I don't know what it's like to to be rounded up just because of the religion that I practice. And you know, but there are many people who have dealt with just that. And when that happens, they cry for a deliverer, and that's exactly what Israel cried out for for so long: a deliverer, a redeemer, someone who would finally save them. And, and the reason why that's an important lesson to learn is because ultimately, you know, it, it's bigger than just the little situations in our life. You see, there's, there's a parable in the New Testament, and, and the parable surrounds this, this question that um, somebody has for Jesus. And the person is a really, is a wealthy young, you know, wealthy young man. And he wants to know from Jesus, well, how do I be saved? And I think I might've shared this on this podcast a few episodes back, but I'm going to share it again because it's really important to understand. He, he asked Jesus, how am I to be saved? Jesus tells him essentially, well, you know, do just follow the commandments. The person answers back and says, you know what? I've done these since I was a little boy. And Jesus says, well, there's one more thing that you have to do. And that is, I want you to go out, sell everything that you own and follow me. And it says in the Bible that the man goes away and he's very upset because he has so many possessions. And Jesus, when he's done, he turns to his disciples and he says, it is very difficult for a rich man, someone who cares about their possessions and, and all of that, but but basically a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And he, then he reiterates it and, and actually um, expands that point by saying, it is harder for a, a camel to pass through an eye of a needle. So he's basically describing an impossible situation than it is for a rich man to enter into heaven. And this went so counterculture to what the disciples were used to hearing from Jesus at that point in time, or not from Jesus, but just what they knew about who God was. Because they were convinced that if somebody was rich, that meant that God blessed them. And if God had blessed them, then that was a result of righteousness. That was a result of the fact that they were doing the right things. And now all of a sudden they're listening to Jesus talk about someone who has wealth, has everything else like that, that would kind of show these different blessings and saying that, you know, it's more likely that an eye is going to pass through the, I mean, a camel is going to pass through an eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven or heaven. And so they have a question. And that question is, well, then who can enter? Who can be saved? Who can enter the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus says that actually for human beings, it's impossible. But for God, nothing is impossible. Now, understand for a moment what, what that actually means. He, it means that salvation is something that cannot be attained by human beings. In the end, the only way that this is going to happen is if God intervenes. Now, that's really important to understand because in the book of Deuteronomy, there's this this um, very well-known portion right at the very end where Moses has read the law before, you know, the, <clears throat> the children of Israel are supposed to head into the promised land. 
And he's given this word, and the word is essentially, and this is me paraphrasing it, but he says, you know, now that you have the law, understand that on this day, what's been set before you is good and evil, life and death. If you do the good, if you do what God instructs you to do, that you will enter into this land, you'll conquer everybody around you, and and you'll have life. If you choose to do evil, well, then the other is going to occur. The only thing you're going to find is hardship and death. And one of the temptations that people have, even to this very day, is to go into that portion of, of the Bible and say, well, yeah, life and death are just a matter of doing good and evil, and you just got to really work really hard to do do the good and, and um, avoid evil, and everything's going to be fine. But here's Jesus saying to us that actually, in terms of salvation, this is an impossibility. You, we don't, like as human beings, don't have the ability to make this happen. In the end, we need God in order to make this happen. But if you buy into the idea that God doesn't give us more than we can handle as, as fallen human beings, if you buy into this idea, you're going to do exactly what so many other people do. And that is you're going to convince yourself that really all you need is another shot at this. You just need to tr- another try. And, and if I try a little harder, if I work a little harder, surely this time I'll get my life together. Surely this is going to be, you know, the period of my life where I'm going to be able to clean up my act or, you know, whatever else, whatever kind of language you might want to use. And then I'm finally going to be acceptable to God. So it's not that I need help. I just need another shot at doing this. Just give me another chance. And really, the whole point of the gospel is that Jesus is, is, is arriving and simply saying, no, it's not another chance that you need. You need a Savior. And that's God declaring the same thing to us. We don't need another chance. We don't need to work harder. We don't need to come together and, and come up with a system that, that makes this possible. In the end, what we need is help. And that's why, to me, this line of thinking and this line of teaching that exists out there today where people are telling other people that God doesn't give you anything in your life that's too much for you. He'll never give you too much for you to handle is just a terrible, terrible thing because if you buy into it, then you'll also buy into the fact that that really the only thing you really need to do is is dig deep, look within, and you're going to find inner strength or some miraculous ability to deal with some really difficult circumstances. God is teaching us constantly, actually, to trust in Him in the midst of those circumstances. And for me, you know, I'm somebody who looks at it in a very behavioral sense. You know, if if, if for me, if I if I you know if I choose to kind of adopt a way of thinking or, or a way of going about the little things, well, then it's going to expand into the big things. And so if I convince myself that that really the only thing I need to do in order to make my situation a little bit better, or especially when I'm going through something difficult, that, that the answer lies within me, well, that's going to carry out into every other facet of my life. And I'm never going to cry out to God. I'm just going to look deeper and deeper within myself and honestly you know, I can speak from experience. There's nothing there. And I don't mean to say like, I'm, I'm just like this worthless piece of garbage or anything like that. It's just, it's just more along the lines of simply declaring 
that there are times in our life where we're presented with situations that our they they are bigger than we are and their tribulations and what they do is they actually teach us not to look inward but to look upward and as we look upward one of the things that's just amazing for me is what that then teaches us is it teaches us that God is present in our life he doesn't forget us in the midst of those circumstances he's there and really this becomes an exercise in faith that as we continue to trust him in the midst of those tribulations as the bible says then what we learn is that God is present with us in those tribulations and it actually teaches us more and more that trusting in God is actually not a pointless effort. It's not something that's going to lead us into into despair, but it's going to teach us that indeed He cares about us. That's why in the book of Romans, we read that, that we actually rejoice in our suffering. And the reason we rejoice in our suffering is because we know that suffering actually produces endurance. And endurance, it produces character. And this character ultimately produces hope. And this hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts. And really the whole point is that when we go through those really difficult times, when we're going through suffering, what we learn, not by leaning on ourselves and looking within, but by turning toward God, is we learn that he's present with us. That's why there's endurance. That's why there's the ability to have patience in the middle of all of this. And that's why when the next difficult circumstance come, comes, uh, you know, arrives at our doorstep, we can greet it with hope. We can greet it with hope that even, even if this is going to be bad, that God is still good and he provided for me in the past. He's going to give me the ability to deal with this. It's not a hope that simply says, well, this circumstance, it's not that hard and I'm going to be able to find something within myself. No, it's a hope that that reminds us that we don't go through it alone. We go through it with a loving father. And so if you're in the middle of something like that, if you're in the middle of suffering, if you're in the middle of pain, I want to just tell you right now that God, time and time again, allows us to go through things that are more than we can handle. But I can promise you they're never more than He can handle. And the only advice I have for you, other than, you know, well, I mean, obviously reaching out, asking for help, but press into the Father, press into Jesus Christ, seek Him. And he'll take care of the rest. And if you don't believe me, then try it. Just try it. That's my invitation. It's the same invitation that he gives to you. Why not try me? Why not try him? Thank you for joining me. And I will see you at, I mean, I'll talk to you during the next podcast. Goodbye, everyone. And I love you.